0: was afforded to us at the end of last year to um, start another location in the Legacy Center. There's, there's a whole lot of prophetic words around that property and partnership. We were the first church to sow into that, that, that being built. We are the very, very first church to sow into what is now the Legacy Center. And so um, timing isn't always ideal for us. That's why we have to walk in rhythm with God. you know we have to we have to walk in his footsteps in his ways and, and walk with him and uh, Bob says Enoch walked with God and he was no more And it sounds just like oh that's just real simple but it, it's not God walks on a different a different time and a different step and a different frequency and so you adjusting your life to walk with God and so, I just put it to John and Becky, and if I was honest with you, um, with all the heavy lifting and stretching, because it wasn't just, we didn't just launch Beho, we launched Beho and Boise at the same time. And again, a massive, a massive investment of leaders into those two locations came from Balboa, came from this couple who are continually just raising, developing, discipling, and releasing. So I would have been happy if they would have said, you know, Pastor, it's just not the, the right time. And uh, But they are just so phenomenal. So they had an interest night, and it was, I mean, it looked packed. It looked amazing. And so that is going to be launching this year. So to see what God did in Coronado and uh, what God is doing in Coronado. It was so interesting. We had Pastor Mike and Lisa Kai with us from Hawaii. And um, we, we walk in at the end of the night to, to the restaurant. And there's a, a gentleman there who's now the GM down there. And he goes, oh, Pastor Juergen. I'm like, oh, we, uh, you look familiar, but have we met? because I, I don't think I've met the, the, the manager, the GM of the, of the Dell. He said, yeah, no, we met We met in, in Kona on the big island. He goes, I used to manage the auberge He says, you, you guys came into the canoe club for lunch. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, now I remember you. And so we just started talking. And so he's been sending me scriptures every day. And uh, so we already have an inside there. And... Sadly, because of all the crazy, they had to spend $100,000 on security and attorneys and everything because of all the threats and the bullying from the left. But what they saw was, wow, the awakened people who are the s- supposed hate spreaders are the loving, kind, gen- they, loved our, 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 they, they loved our Can I just give a shout out right now to, to our amazing team? Of security. Their security team, you guys, Andy, you guys are all, they loved our security team. They they weren't expecting it. And then the, the staff were saying there wasn't one person they met from Awaken that wasn't kind and lovely and friendly. And so, yeah, and then we had people um, getting the bird by some of our people waving rainbow flags saying, you spread hate. And they're dropping F-bombs and giving the bird. I'm like, have you, are you even aware right now? It was just, it was the funniest thing. So so the city is beginning to see. And a lot of the people, in fact, a lot of the locals are saying that half the protesters were bussed in, weren't even from there. They're just, you know. So God is on on the move. What God is doing is just nothing short of extraordinary. So one more time, can we just give honor to to God, honor to our great leaders, Mike and Katie Yeager, just fearless, fearless leaders, John and Becky, amen, amen. All right, well, go ahead and grab grab a seat. We're right on the cusp of... Kicking off this amazing next few nights is going to be incredible, and I really want you to come hungry, and I really want you to come expectant. I really want you to uh, to be leaning in and uh, believe just just believe for God to speak to you, God to impart something to you. the The word that I shared on Sunday night was a revelation of God in worship. Like when, when, when we look at what, what is the arise nights of fire, what can you expect? And God gave me a picture of Eliezer taking 10 camels to uh, the land of uh, Abraham, the, Abraham's relatives, to find a wife for Isaac. And the Bible says, and Rebecca came towards them carrying a water jar. And Eliezer said, Listen, you know, I'm, you know, in my late 80s. I'm not I'm not familiar with all the dating sites and the dating apps. I'm not even sure how this stuff works anymore. So God, you're gonna have to make it easy for me. Let the woman, whoever um, offers me a drink of water and then sees my 10 camels and says, and I'll also draw water for your camels. Let her be the one that you've selected for my master's son. And the Bible says that Rebecca came and she was, she was beautiful and she was carrying the water jar. And she said, you know, my Lord, can I get you a water, some water? And he's like, yes, please. And she says, and remain here. And I will also draw water for your 10 camels. And so it's just this beautiful thing. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that the ca- the camels are dromedaries. They carry. Their, their, their job is to carry people, carry cargo. They, they carry treasure. They carry spices. They carry gold. When the Queen of Sheba came, she came with a, a vast retinue of camels carrying spices, and herbs, and gold, and silver, and trinkets, and articles. So they're dromedaries that carry things. But here is Rebecca she goes down and she's also carrying a water jug and she gets water and she waters the camels. And I felt the Lord say that each and every single one of us are serving the leadership of Eliezer. Eliezer means God's helper. Eliezer is a type of Holy Spirit. Uh, We're we're following the Holy, Holy Spirit's lead and he has us carrying his mission. He has us carrying an assignment for the Father that's what we carry, but, but how important it is for us to come to a place where we meet someone else who's carrying something that refreshes us. And they say that a, a, a camel can go for 40 days on a single sitting of drinking water. And so, you know, I just want you to understand that, that, that what, what you and I are carrying this year, you and I need to be refreshed. You and I need to, so come, this, there's going to be water flowing from heaven heavenly water the hush of Main, the heaven the sky waters are going to be poured out you're going to receive a fresh infilling of the holy ghost a fresh infilling of power a fresh infilling of the prophetic fresh infilling of vision we need it you cannot complete the uh, the the mission of god in the arm of the flesh it's it's it requires spiritual power amen amen, amen. amen. all right well come with me we're going to go to the book of exodus the book of Exodus and we're going to read from uh, chapter 4 verse 1 and we're going to read this one in the NIV, the nearly inspired version. I mean it's so close to being inspired, the nearly in- just kidding. All right here we go, you ready? It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? And they say the Lord didn't appear to you, Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Now, just let me pause there. So God has seen the cry of the children of Israel. He's heard their cry, seen their oppression. And God says, I'm going to come down and deliver them. And he meets with uh, Moses at a burning bush. Moses was tending the the flock of Jethro his father-in-law he came to Horeb the mountain of God and there out of a burning bush God speaks to him and he's having this dialogue with God and God says I'm going to come down I'm going to do all these things and and Moses is like yeah go God and God's like well actually I'm going to do it but I'm going to do it through you and he's like whoa 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 hang on that wasn't part of the deal what do you mean you're going to do it through me he goes well you're going to go to Pharaoh you're going to command him he's like hang on, I can't hang on I'm no, I'm, I can't. I'm not a eloquent speech. He says, "Well, you're going to go, and you're going to go to the children of Israel, and you're going to tell them that God is delivering them." And and he says, "Well, hang on, the children of Israel, they, they wouldn't know me from Adam." And the last time I was there, 40 years ago, I murdered a guy, and I don't know if I want to like my past. It's it's a little bit checkered. It's it's you know, it's got some things I'm ashamed of and embarrassed about. And uh, and so there's this dialogue. And so so again, chapter four kicks in and. Moses is still trying to argue. He's trying to negotiate with God. And he says, God, but what, 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 if they, what if they don't listen to me? Or what if they don't believe me? And they say to me, the Lord didn't appear to you. What, what will I do then? And God says, I want you to shout loud. No, sorry, he doesn't say that. He says, I want you. To... The Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? I thought the issue was with his mouth. What if they don't believe what I say? What if they don't believe that the Lord has appeared to me? God says to him, real simple. He didn't say, I'm going to you know, give you the most eloquent tongue or I'm going to just you know, put something magic on the words of your mouth. He says, what is that in your hand? And he said, well, you know, it's, a, it's a staff. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand. He took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak. And when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said to him, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. They may believe the second. So my title today is Dealing with Pharaoh. Dealing with Pharaoh. If if, if uh, it was so beautiful as I was reading this and God spoke to me so clearly and I just find that the one year Bible, just however God, the Holy Ghost, he's so brilliant, how he seems to navigate it is whatever I'm reading just happens to be. Directly correlating to exactly what is going on, so we're, we you know when I read this last week, we were dealing with you know the the protests and the negative news reports and you know news print and news media and articles coming out and and God said to me, you're dealing with Pharaoh, and He says I want you to 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 lean in because Pharaoh doesn't want to let his you know th- his slaves go. Pharaoh loves slaves. He loves to. He loves all the power and he loves to to put a whip on the back of slaves that do his bidding. And he doesn't want to let these people go. And, and God says, that's, that's what you're dealing with right now. Not just in Coronado, which means crowned or coronation, crowned. Uh, he says, you're not just dealing with that. You're dealing with that, you know, over the city. And that's what God is dealing with in America. And he says, I want you to lean in. I'm going to show you some stuff. So the first thing that I need you to understand is that, that before Moses is to go to Pharaoh, God says, I want you to go to the children of Israel. To me, Pharaoh's is the issue to me pharaoh is the issue pharaoh's is the issue why doesn't god say i want you to go down there and i've struck him and you know he's got a tumor and he's going to die and this will be your moment why didn't god say i'm going to send a, a, a you know a, a plague and and wipe out pharaoh and his entire staff and then you go and you lead the the people out he doesn't he doesn't do that he says You're going to deal with Pharaoh, but before you deal with Pharaoh, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to the children of Israel, and I need you to declare to them that this is now the moment. This is now the time where I'm going to fulfill what I promised, where I'm going to fulfill my word. You tell them the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you, and now is the time. And God began to speak to me. And he said, you know, there, there are so many, so many people. If you go to, if you talked to conference junkie people, this is, this is the part they, they leapfrog over. And yet it's the most important part. They want to go straight to, you know, arguing. They want to go straight to posting. They want to go straight to taking down the principality. They want to go straight to that. But God says, no, no, no. Before you deal with Pharaoh, you've actually got to put faith. You've actually got to create a believing Church, you've got to create a believing church before you deal with Pharaoh. Because when, when when the people of Israel come out, when you deal with Pharaoh, when the people get saved, if they don't get saved and then immersed into a faith culture, if they don't get immersed into a healthy, robust Devoted to God on fire for God culture, they'll end up back in bondage again. So the first thing I need to do is build a believing church. And then I began to to watch as the team rallied, and on Sunday night, you know, I, it took everything in me not to to burst into tears. When I saw the room was just filled and my phone was blowing up, people from Carlsbad, people from San Marcos, people from Yuma, people from everywhere that were coming saying, hey, we're coming to support it, we're coming to support it, we're coming to support it, we're coming to support it. We literally had to get people to give up their seats so that the, the locals could, could find room in there because we have people who believe in the, vi- the vision, they believe in the mission, they believe in the assignment, they believe... It's so important. So, so Moses, Moses is now. Well, hang on. Uh, what? 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 What if I? What if when I'm talking to them, telling them what you told me, and they say, "Sure, God, sure, God appeared to you." Like how? What? How do I convince them? If they won't believe the words of my mouth, how do I convince them? And I love God. He says to to Moses, "What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand?" He didn't say, you know, I'm going to put something awesome in your mouth. He says, what is that in your hand? And he says, it's a, it's a, it's a staff. God says, throw it down. You, you want me to what? He says, throw it down. So he throws it down and <laughs> turns into a serpent. And Moses fled from it. And then God says, now turn around. Don't run from the devil's power. Do you know, almost any culture that you go in around the world, they know the demonic. If you go to to, throughout Asia, there are buildings with holes in them. Did you know that? They build buildings with holes in them so that the evil spirits can pass through. Because they believe if they don't, they they, they won't have a, a level 13. Because they 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 know that they don't understand why, but they just know that thirteen is a bad number. Thirteen is rebellion in the Bible, and Lucifer is the architect of rebellion. So so they have they have superstition. They have charms. They put off these. They 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 have idols and statues, and and they they do religious and and uh, they do these rituals to try to ward off evil spirits. Even as you travel through through Mexico, which is a mix of pagan idolatry and Catholicism, it's just Catholicism. always marries the demonic and so they 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 have these it's witchcraft rituals trying to drive away you go in in you you burn a candle to mary or you pray to the saint and you ask this saint to protect you and this saint to protect you it's no difference to the rest of the world the rest of the world has exactly that where they they they, they offer sacrifices to this one demon asking and believing that it will drive out other demons but you don't need to go to a demon to, to get protection. So God says to, to Moses, the first thing first thing that I need you to understand, if you're going to build a believing church, is you've got to be a supernatural church. You've got to be a supernatural church. He says, I want you to take that stick. It's just it look, To you it looks like an ordinary stick, but when you throw it down, it's going to turn into a serpent. This is the first thing. And I want you to grab it by the tail and it'll become a staff in your hand again because the church must be supernatural. When we came to san diego it was unbelievable the resistance around the supernatural can i just tell you god is supernatural he doesn't know how to do natural he is supernatural that's who he is and 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 what is a miracle to you and i is literally god just showing up Just God showing up. God God doesn't have to get up in the morning and say, Gabriel, what does my schedule look like? Well, actually, there's a lot of people believing on you to, to, to do miracles. Oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. What kind of miracles are we talking about here? Are you kidding me? God just shows up, boom, 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 healing flows. God just shows up, boom, 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 chains begin to break. God, sh- God, God is supernatural. The church should never have not been supernatural. When I read my Bible, which we always encourage in the book of Acts, the church was supernatural. They, it began on the day of Pentecost. It began with supernatural. The Holy Ghost you know, hit that house, that upper room. They began to speak in tongues. Tongues of fire came down. They went out and they turned the world upside down. The, the anointing was so strong on Peter that, that he didn't have time to pray for everybody in, in the birth of the church. So the Bible says they would bring the sick out and just lay them in the street, knowing that Peter, on, just on his way to, to coffee with, with Mrs. Peter, <laughs> on the way to coffee, I don't know what her name is, but anyway... Um, Just on the way, just His shadow passing over them, people would get up from from their sickness. People would be healed of blindness and paralysis and lame and crippled would get up off their their mats because the anointing was... The the church... When when, when did we stop being supernatural? When did we think that we can somehow build the kingdom of God on earth without God's power? How, how, How did the church ever fall for that lie? We have a supernatural foe. The devil is supernatural. The devil's not natural. He's supernatural. He's an angel. He, he, he's a spiritual being. He operates in the spirit realm. And the church says, oh, you know, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to step back from the, the, the spiritual realm. We're going to let the devil occupy the spiritual realm. Why would we do that? It's, everything begins in the spirit and then moves into the natural. Oh, no, no, pastor, you don't need to be supernatural. You can have programs. You can have clever programs and you can do meet and greet and you can do fundraisers and and you can do auctions like you know it's it's like my god the church it's well there's a a social element to the church we're not meant to be reduced down to a social club we're not we're not you know a, a, a religious rotary club we are the church of the living god we move in power we move in signs we move in wonders we are a supernatural church and I love it because not only are we a supernatural church but we're a church where people understand their authority. So it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't turn into, it doesn't turn into a, a little puppy dog. It doesn't turn into a lion. When he throws the stick down, it turns into a serpent. And God says, you go and grab that serpent by the tail. Don't you run from it. You run back. You grab it by the tail because I've given you authority over the serpent. Did you know in Luke 10:19, Jesus? All Jesus is doing is he's just echoing what he's trying to get a message through. Luke 10:19, Jesus says, "Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. You shall crush serpents and trample scorpions under your feet, and nothing will by any means harm you. Behold, I give you authority." Luke 10:19 over all the power of the enemy. The church that deals with Pharaoh is a church that that builds and breeds a culture that people every believer understands. Hey the blood of Jesus got me saved. I'm going to heaven through the blood of Jesus. But now there's an infilling of the spirit of the living God. There's an empowering. Not only is there an empowering but what Jesus did on the cross didn't just save me. It broke the power of the devil. God has elevated me in Christ to have authority over the demonic realm. That's why we do recovery. We know in recovery there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. Every weapon formed against you God will bring asunder. So we know that people can come in addicted. They can come in devastated. They can come in broken. They can come in with dysfunction. They they can come in hurt and wounded. But when they come into this house we know that there's a power that we have an authority that we have over all the power of the enemy. And the Will try and say, No, you don't understand. This is generational alcoholism, this is generational addiction, this is generational infidelity, this is generational. But we're like, We don't give a rats about your, your, your generational. Let us tell you something we have been given authority over all, not over most, not over some, over all the power of the enemy. So we know, we know that Jesus died to purchase your total freedom, not your part freedom, not 95% free, your complete freedom. So in, in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, Jesus, Jesus basically, it's, it's so beautiful. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What a powerful passage of scripture. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because God, God puts the anointing on the church because he wants the gospel to go to, to the poor. Who are the poor? The people who haven't heard the gospel. Who are the poor? The people who haven't heard the gospel. People who have heard the gospel are already set. They're already, they're already starting to flourish. Go and preach the gospel to the poor. Why? Because they're poor because they haven't heard the gospel once they hear the gospel and they realize they don't have to live under, they don't have to coexist with dysfunction and abuse and poverty and curses and lack, they can come into the Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down beside still waters. He leads me into green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell. Na-. I mean, you, you come, so he says. I want you to go to the poor because the reason that they're poor and they're destitute and they're broken, and they're hopeless because they haven't heard the gospel yet. So you make sure you preach the gospel. But when you get there, you need to understand that the first obstacle that they're going to they're going to require to get into the kingdom is you got to heal the brokenhearted. He says, go and preach the gospel to the poor. And then heal. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Can I just tell you, the Bible says above all else, guard your heart. Out of it flow the issues of life. In this church, we are are not a take numbers. Hey, you know. Look, look at how many people got saved on a Sunday, man, aren't we awesome? Look, look at us, You know we're, we're all that in a bag of chips. We know that when someone gets saved, our job isn't finished. Our job has just begun. We, we, we know that we know that what, what will put ceilings over your life is the brokenness in your heart, is the, the betrayals in your heart, the wounds of your heart. So we have to build a church. That operates in the supernatural, where the Holy Ghost is able to, to, to penetrate and begin to heal and deal with the trauma, the abuse, the emotional abuse, the dysfunctions of your heart. Because if you don't let God deal with your heart, because you, you literally live your life through the condition of your heart. You live your life through, the, the Bible says, and Satan entered Judas's heart. Satan entered Judas's heart. How did Satan enter Judas's heart? Because it was available. The greatest thing you can do with your heart to the devil is put a no vacancy sign. When the devil comes knocking, hey, can I get into your heart? Actually, you can't. Jesus is in there. And it sounds, it sounds real simple. It sounds like, yeah, you know, at those motels, they just put no vacancy or vacancy. No vacancy. or. But I've actually found for me to do no vacancy God to say, hmm, really, that's interesting. Because here's, here's a couple of rooms of bitterness and unforgiveness. So you've kept me out because I've asked you to forgive that person. I've asked you to not let a root of bitterness. But you're still holding it. So actually, Satan can at any time rent those rooms. Shoot. Or you say no vacancy, but you're not honoring. You need to honor your father. You're, you're jealous of this. You're envious of this. You're unteachable here. So it, it's, but if you just make it, that's my goal to have no vacancy. No vacancy. Go for a little tour with Jesus. Let him, is there, any, is there any rooms that the devil can rent? I don't want the devil. Don't give the devil one inch in your life. Don't give him anything. Heal the brokenhearted. And then the Bible says, and then he opens the eyes of the blind. Heal the brokenhearted, sorry, proclaim liberty to the captives. You'll find that as whatever happens in your heart will bring freedom and then all of a sudden vision you'll start having a vision for the future. You'll have a vision that, man, my life can be awesome. I don't have to just coexist or just try and survive an addiction or live with, I can thrive, I can flourish, I can get married. All the things the devil told me I couldn't have, I can have. I can be married, I can have a family, I can have a ministry, I can prosper, I can flourish. I don't have to find, I don't have to move to a cheap estate. God can bless me right here in San Diego. I can buy a home here, I can have a great life here. You'll find that vision will come back. So we need to be a supernatural church. But in that supernatural church, we also need to, 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 to teach, to, to have people believe that they have authority. Don't coexist with, with, with the devil. Don't coexist. You have authority over the evil one. Can somebody say amen? amen. So when it, when it turns back into a, in, into a, a staff, God then says to, to Moses, so I want you to take your hand. I want you to put it into your, your cloak. And when he pulls it out, it's leprous. And then God says, put it back in. He puts it back in. it comes out and it's healed. And God says, if they don't believe the first sign, he says, the second one will do it. I, th- I thought it was really interesting. What if, they, what if they don't believe the words of my mouth? God says, they'll believe the words of your mouth. They'll believe what you say when they see what you do. They'll believe what you say. How many people have ever heard that actions speak louder than words? Actions speak louder than words. It, it, it's it's, a, it's a, beautiful, a beautiful thing for me to watch the outworking of faith, the outworking of our people. They were telling us we can't come on to Coronado. They were telling I'm like, hmm, I've, I've heard that somewhere before. The Jebusites said to David, you shall not come in here. Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, says the next verse, David took the stronghold. He's like, whatever, whatever. We, we don't live under what you say. We don't live under the demonic. We don't live under, we're here to drive out. And, and I, I just, I love, I just love that tenacity. I love that faith. I love that you, you will know who we are, not by what we say, but by what we do. You watch what we do. In our church, in, in when I was, you know, reading some of the the commentary, you know, the haters were posting and then the people responding back, saying, actually, they heal. What are you talking about? They deliver, they transform, they they fix what is broken, they repair what is torn down, they build lives. People go to that church and they do flourish. They, they, they thrive, they prosper, they increase, they get healed in that house. It it, it is a house where you have a look at the, the actions. I remember many years ago. Uh, you know, I had this moment with God, and it was, at first I didn't think it was God, because I I heard a a voice literally say, Juergen, I want you to stop practicing what you preach. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Jesus says, beware of hypocrisy. So I said, all right, you know, get behind me. And God said, no, it's me. (laughs) I'm like, God, hang on. Like, you want me to practice what I preach? He said, sure. He says, but I want something higher. I said, what's that? He says, I want you to preach what you practice. So, what do you mean by that? He says, very easy when I speak to you for you to get up and give that word to the congregation. He says, but I didn't give it to you to go straight to the congregation. I gave it to you for you. And if you don't first live it, I said, but God, that could take like months. Some of the stuff you've been showing me can take years because I've got all this stuff deeply embedded. And he's like, exactly. Then take years go on a journey he says because only only in the application in the personal application to your life of my word will you actually be able to stand on the platform and preach the truth in a way that the weight of the truth doesn't crush my people he says you you, will preach it and you'll know how heavy and you'll know how challenging and you'll be able to share the difficulty and the battle and the wrestle where, where you were on top, and then all of a sudden it was on top of you, and you thought you got it out, but you'd only clipped it, and there were still roots. And it, he, he says, and, and all of a sudden the, the illustrations start coming. And so one of the one of the, the cries of Awakened Church is fresh, real and powerful. Fresh, real, and powerful. And, you know, again, one of the early things that the the devil tried to tell us through well-meaning Christians was, hey, you you and Leanne are way too transparent. Way too, if you want people to respect the anointing on you, then you kind of got to like, I'm the man of God. I'm so holy, I don't even perspire. I no longer use deodorant. I don't brush my teeth. Gingivitis just falls right off. Bacteria, as soon as it touches my holy body, just disintegrates on contact. (laughs) God's like, no, 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 I need you to share. I need you, people, actually, we found, we found the exact opposite, didn't we, baby? We found the exact opposite. If we share from our struggles, if we share, you know, I heard a great preacher once say, if you preach on your weaknesses, you'll never run out of material. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? And 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 but I like it. I because I, I, people go, oh wow, you too? I can't tell you some of our you know some of the stupid mistakes I've made in, in, marriage, birthday uh, you know birthday gifts and other stupid things. My gosh! And it's so funny. I have people you know in the parking lot grab me go. Oh pastor, oh my God! If you can make it, there's hope for everybody. I'm like, okay, you're welcome. I actually you like that. I want that. I, I you know, it, it, we we don't we don't do people a service if if they think oh well you know God works for pastor because he's so holy, but he doesn't work for the in the when Jesus empowered on the day of Pentecost there was 120 people left. 500 were started, but 120 people left. I'm I could maybe get through 16 names. That means there's 104 people I don't even know who they are. I don't know who they are. I don't know what positions or title they hold. God, God, God empowers people, ordinary people, people who don't even know their names. He empowers people, and there's 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 this, a spirit in this world that we want to we want to seize power so the people revere and respect us. And God's like, actually, I'm just trying to empower them. I'm trying to empower. I'm trying to empower Bill who's just just struggling with his with his plumbing job. He, he's he's trying to get ahead he's he 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 came from a broken marriage and he doesn't know how to how to deal with him and his wife they're constantly fighting and he's trying to pay the bills and they got kids and the kids need him and he's he doesn't know can he come to your church and can he hear stuff that's not you know so ethereal up there and and when Abraham went out of Mesopotamia he built the tabernacle into the wilderness and the badger skins were dyed red what Can can people hear words that that are practical, that are powerful? They'll believe what you say when they see how you live. They'll believe what you say. Jesus says, beware of false prophets, beware of false teachers. You'll know them by their, not false prophecies, not false teaching. You'll know them by the fruit. He said, a good tree can't bear bad fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. You can call it an orange tree, but if if it's got yellow citrus, it's a lemon tree. Yeah, but it, it identifies as. It doesn't matter what it identifies as. It's known by what it produces, it's known by its fruit. Your life is known by its So, in, in us, if you don't like us, if you don't say, hey, I don't want anything like Jurgen and Leanne, I don't want a marriage like them, I don't want a family like them, I don't want to live like them, knock yourself out. Go, like, find a church where you see, my God, I love the fruit of this pastor, I love the fruit of these leaders. But I gotta tell you, having hung out with these people, the fruit of John and Becky Heinrichs, the fruit of a Stacey Capaldi, the fruit of a Morgan and Jenny Irvin, the fruit of Mike and Katie Eager, the fruit of Samuel and Katie Duth, the fruit of Lance and Alicia, the fruit of these people. You look at their lives, they're flourishing. They're flourishing in their marriages. The husbands love their wives. The wives love their husbands. Their children are raised up in the house of God. They're writing, children writing vision cards of wanting to be in the ministry. It's, just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We've got to be fruit inspectors. Somebody say amen. Amen. So it's, it's, it's the personal application. Oh, man, I've, I've messed up. Come, come with me, last, last verse, and then we're going to land the plane. Matthew 7, 24, dealing with Pharaoh, dealing with Pharaoh. Jesus says this. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it felt and great was its fall we don't want to be the church that that moves away from preaching the truth of the word of god We don't say, well, you know, Jesus said that, but that was 2,000 years ago. No, 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 no. I didn't write the Bible. I don't get to edit it. I didn't write the Bible. I don't get to change it. So they're saying, oh, you know, Awakened Church, you know, spreads this. And Awakened Church, are anti-LGBTQ. You know what? We are We are pro what God says. And do you know why we're pro? Do you know why we're pro? Because Jesus says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains come, there's rain in this world. The floods come up, the wind blows, but that house stood firm. That house flourished. That house endured. It it weathered the storm. It overcame the obstacles. Why? Because it was founded on the rock, which is my word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My word endureth forever. That's why we are unapologetic when we preach the word of God, when we declare the word of God. Why? Because we want people to flourish. We want people to be successful. We want to storm proof your life. We want your life to flourish. And the way that it flourishes is when you hear it, you apply it. Now the second group are fools, they hear it but they don't do it. Why? Because they don't want to pay a price. They don't want to change. They don't want to repent. Moses has to put his hand in his shirt, and God is showing him, son, my miracles aren't just for public display. The greatest miracle is allowing me to change your heart, and knowing that God sees the condition of your heart. Moses is like, Moses was like, man, I've got a magic stick. That's awesome, says God. But you know what? A magic stick won't won't uh, overcome and won't compensate for broken character. One of the saddest things that we've seen over the years is power ministries, ministries that move in power, but they, their character was corrupt. They never dealt with the sin nature. They never dealt with it. They, 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 and they had affairs and you know did all kinds of stupid stuff because they never allowed God. God says to Moses, I want you to understand both. You're going to have authority over the power of the enemy. There's going to be public displays. There's going to be supernatural. There's going to be people healed and set free and delivered and transformed. However, the other sign that is very essential, parallel railway tracks that I need you to walk in is understand, I see the condition of your heart. He didn't say to Moses, hey, Moses, you know, here are some religious ritual steps that I want you to to apply to, to look religious. You can't clean yourself up. You can't make yourself holy. Only God has, has the power to clean and cleanse you and I from sin. You know why? Because only God can see it. I think I see some of the things. And God says, yeah, you see the surface, but you don't see the root. You, you, you see the, 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 the fruit, but you don't see the entire root system that is, that is feeding that into your life. He says, Moses, I see The brokenness, the dysfunction, the perversion, the uncleanness. I see the leprosy of your heart. Put it back in. He says, I'm the one. You keep coming to me. You keep coming to me. You keep coming to me. I have a gift to preach the gospel. I don't have a gift to live the gospel. I have a gift to preach it, but I don't have a gift to live it. I have to repent. I have to spend time with the Holy Ghost and have him say, Juerg's hand. Oh, crud. Wow. You see that? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. I was trying to hide it, but I couldn't find a fig leaf. And God's like, I know. You can't hide it. The Bible says whoever covers his sins will not prosper. Whoever covers his sins will not pros- prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes finds mercy. It's amazing how many times. Don't, don't let, don't let the, the sinful proclivities, the, the bents and the biases train wreck your life we've seen way too many people they 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 love the rod of god's power they love the miracles they love the platform they love the signs and wonders but they never deal with the heart and the heart is a private thing that's why god says you know put it in into your cloak what does what, what does cloak mean what is to be cloaked is what to to be hidden to be covered he says this uh, you you need to let me deal with you in private you know let me deal with you in secret before moses deals with pharaoh he's dealing with moses and then he's dealing with his people making them a believing people making them a supernatural people equipping them to understand the authority that they have and then teaching about the personal application of the word of god come on let's stand to our feet i want you to lift your hands higher to heaven lift your hands higher to heaven say these words out loud say heavenly father i want to thank you THAT YOU HAVE ANOINTED ME TO DEAL WITH PHARAOH IN THIS LAND. TODAY I LEAN IN TO YOUR WORD. I BELIEVE YOUR WORD. I THANK YOU THAT YOU HAVE GIVEN ME POWER OVER ALL THE POWER OF THE ENEMY. I THANK YOU TODAY THAT YOU'RE DEALING WITH MY HEART. I WANT TO PUT THE NO VACANCY SIGN UP. MY HEART IS HOLY TO THE LORD. And I thank You, Lord Jesus, that this year, this week, is going to be one of the greatest years, one of the greatest weeks of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com